Hey, what's up, people? Uh, welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. I am your host, Steve McJones, and I really, really, really like this episode. Uh, going back and editing it, I laughed multiple times. Uh, my really, really good friend, Lucas Stangle, went deep, deep into uh, the history of Hunter S. Thompson and went into his whole life and went into everything about him and i i don't know it's really fun uh we have a good chemistry um he provides a lot of information about the dude a lot of interesting there's so much to know about hunter s thompson is the thing and and his connection with johnny depp is just hilarious to me um he also wanted me to let you know to check out uh this documentary called gonzo the life and work of dr hunter s thompson uh, which is funny, you find out in this podcast that he was not actually a doctor, but he just liked to be referred to as Dr. Hunter S. Thompson and uh, referred to Johnny Depp as, as Captain Johnny Depp. <laughs> Maybe because he was Captain Jack Sparrow. Who knows? Um, also, I wanted to read this thing to you uh, about Hunter S. Thompson. It's an article titled, A Day with Thompson Chivas Dunhill's Coke. Hunter Thompson's daily routine is both predictable and outrageous, if not apocryphal. According to E. Jean Carroll's biography, Hunter, The Strange and Savage Life of Hunter S. Thompson. 3 p.m. Rise. 3.05. Shiva's Regal with the morning papers, Dunhill Cigarette. 3.45. Cocaine. 3.50. Another glass of Shiva's Dunhill. 9.45, 9.45, first cup of coffee, Dunhill. 4.15, cocaine. 4.16, orange juice, Dunhill. 4.30, cocaine. 4.45, cocaine. 5.05, cocaine. 5.11, coffee, Dunhills. 5.30, more ice in the Shivas. 5.45, cocaine. 6 p.m., grass to take the edge off. 7.05, Wood Creek Tavern for lunch. Heineken, two margaritas, two cheeseburgers, two orders of fries, a plate of tomatoes, coleslaw, a taco salad, a double order of onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone, a glass of shredded ice, over, which has poured three or four jiggers of Shiva's. 9 p.m., cocaine, 10 p.m., drops acid, 11 p.m., Chartreuse, cocaine, grass. 11.30, cocaine. Midnight, Hunter ready to write. <laughs> 12.05 to 6 a.m. Chartreuse, cocaine, grass, Shiva's, coffee, Heineken, clove cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhills, orange juice, gin. 6 a.m. In the hot tub, champagne, Dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo. 8 a.m. Halichon, 8.20, sleep. <laughs> So that's his daily schedule, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but Shiva's alcohol. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's a really, really interesting fella. Um, I hope you enjoy all this information on his life. Again, it's a really fun episode. Please, please enjoy this. <laughs> Lucas, so first question for you, who is Hunter S. Thompson? 
No, how's it going, dude? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How is it? <laughs> uh, Hunter S. Thompson's, uh, I don't know, he's one of my favorite authors, like, of all time. Like, oh, it's yeah. kind of like a, a teenage angsty thing to say. Yeah, you. I remember you, like, telling me about him when we started, well, that was probably, like, freshman year, or yeah. sophomore year. Yeah, I think I, yeah, that's about when I would have gotten into him, like, right. fre- like when the hormones are, like, in full force. Yeah, like, the drugs are coming out. The drugs are coming <laughs> in, yeah, we just started smoking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember, like, um... And then fear and loathing, you're like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, like, yeah, so, like, so Hunter S. Thompson, like, he's most known for his book, uh, Fear and Loathing, in Las Vegas, but... the movie, based off of the book. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, by our generation, is gonna be more known by the movie. And then in the future, just not at all. (laughs) Aw, sad. (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I actually, like, I remember I woke up on the couch. I had the same experience with, uh, Twin Peaks, which is now, like, I don't know, like, part of my identity. It's one of my favorite shows. Got a tattoo and everything. Yeah, and so, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) And so, like, I woke up on a couch, like, you know, like, three in the morning one time, and uh, I think I was watching, like, Vice, like, the channel. Yeah. And they had fucking uh, Fear and Loathing on there. And, like... It was the uh, it was a scene with the uh, the lizard cops uh, in the lobby. If, if I mean, if you haven't seen it, definitely just go look up this scene. The lizard cops like, in the lobby. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, that should just like want want to make, <laughs> make you get into yeah, this guy, yeah. if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but, and I mean, it's, yeah. It's, but yeah, it was just it's just like one of those scenes where it's like, holy fuck! Like I gotta check this, like check out whatever this is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so like I was also at th- that point in my life where like I was more interested in like reading the books first. Uh, if there was a movie oh yeah and so like i ended up reading the book first and i was like holy shit like like this guy's cool as fuck and he knows how to write like, <laughs> yeah yeah his style like i'd never seen before really yeah because he started out as like a journalist right yeah yeah so he was uh he was born in louisville okay actually in like the 30s all right and in the 30s He's, yeah damn I didn't yeah think he, he was, yeah he goes he goes he goes back <laughs> yeah he's like like our grandparents age basically damn uh was yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all my grandparents are dead. So it's yeah. Hunter. I, so. one. I got one. Just one. <laughs> he was not. Yeah. Yeah, but he was a uh, a journalist for like, for basically like the start, the first twenty years of his career. Really. Yeah. Damn. And yeah. F- d- and it was was he like? Did he have a side? Wasn't he slanted? Um, not necessarily. So he started as a sports writer, really. Oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> so he he wrote for like all these different newspapers from like fifty seven to sixty five about. Um, and I was like after some time in the Air Force, but he didn't in actually. The, he was in the. He Air didn't Force? actually make it into the Air Force. He was just like I guess it's basic. I I don't know uh, if like it was the, different yeah. now, and I don't really know how the military works now. But he was he was like in training. And he uh, he got an early honorable discharge. Yeah, I was wondering, are you like, are you allowed to like, if you don't like the army as soon as you start it? I know, like, I don't think you can just leave. That that was my plan for the longest time. Like, <laughs> go to basic and then like get I, ripped. Yeah, I think yeah, you do it for like eight <laughs> weeks, right? Yeah. And then they assign you somewhere. You get like two weeks to go back home, and then you come back to wherever. Right. And they assign you somewhere, whether it's like in Tennessee or like whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have to work there for like however long the assignment is. Damn. And like, if you so, don't, yeah. So at what point are you allowed to be like, all right, well, I don't want to do any of this. I get a. I guess it's after, like, a couple assignments, dude. Because, like, if you leave, like, during and never come back after that two-week period, they mm. could find you and, like, charge you. Like, you're part Dang. of the military at that point. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he... he but he, he did it early enough. Yeah. So his, his <laughs> commander, like, got him, like, was like, no, this guy needs to be, like, honorably discharged. Like, he, uh, he actually... He said he's a rebel with a superior attitude not guided by policy. 
And so, like, he recognized, like, this, you know, this, um, like, individualist spirit, like, mm-hmm. within him. Oh, he was that's like, cool. that's not going to work in the military. <laughs> yeah, no, it is pretty cool. Yeah, but because he was like, it's kind of like, this guy's a little bit of a dick, but he does it, like, in a good way. Yeah, he's like, he's going to be better, like, not, you know, as a, <laughs> a GI. Yeah. And, yeah, so he ended up just becoming a, uh, a news, like, a freelance, you know, newspaper writer. Right. Like, going around. And, uh... Also, like, by this time in his late 20s, uh, he was already going bald. So you oh, might sympathize yeah. with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> no, but, yeah, like, any late pictures you see of him, he's going to be bald. Like, even, like, yeah, 70s well, on. Well, in the movie, when you watch it, he has a hat on for, like, the beginning. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Johnny Depp, cool. Yeah. And then he takes his hat off, and you're like... <gasps> like, he's bald? Yeah, and he's, like, he's like super cool, and then he's like, bald? <laughs> yeah, real quick, I've been thinking about... All right, this is, like, different, complete different tangent... But, like, in the Spongebob movie, do you remember? They just trained kids to hate bald people. Because the King Neptune was, like, bald. Oh, yeah. That was, like, dude. a major part of the story. And That's why he was a dick, I think. Yeah, you're right. Because was he, in the story. Like, in the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he would, like, take off his crown. And he'd be like, thinning! And then people would be, like, their eyes would, like, burn out of their skulls. Jesus. He'd be like, bald! Bald! And, yeah. So, you know, just our culture. Shame and bald people. Yeah, dude. And, and then also, just... Going off of that, like, they weren't men until they got hair. Uh, who, who? Uh, like, Patrick and Spongebob, like, remember, like, oh, now that we're yeah. men? Oh, yeah! It was a mustache, but it's still, like, the very lack of hair makes you, like, an adolescent. Or You're something. You know, right. it's like, it dehumanizes him. And then you lose your hair? <coughs> and you just become an old person? No. I don't know, I don't know how that works. Andres Thompson, maybe. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You, you just do drugs? Did he do drugs before he went bald? I, I would, I would like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Did he do drugs in basic? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. It would be, it'd be tough to get drugs, I think. Well, especially it was like the 30s. But you said, well, by the well time, it was the 50s. Oh, yeah, the 50s. But 50s is still pretty conservative time. Yeah. Happy days, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it was actually also with happy days, it was a time of like the beatniks. Oh, you're were, right. Like, with the beat but they writers. were like frowned upon, I feel like. There was a culture, but it was Yeah, no, it like, was like the beginning of the counter... It, like, so the beats The beginning of the counter Yeah, they weren't like part of the counterculture, but they definitely like sparked it into the, the 60s. Right. But the beats were actually like what uh got hunter interested in writing oh yeah he was like super like a super big fan of a bunch of them like uh he was actually friends with like alan ginsburg by the end of his life um ernest Hemingway. you don't know alan ginsburg he's like i don't know one of the best poets oh, ever really? yeah ever <laughs> not for real well dude. i mean he's the like, second name you said er- ernest hemingway yeah that, i mean i know that name yeah sure. he was a, he um so like they weren't friends but he was a big inspiration of his mm-hmm. um like as a kid uh hunter would Hunter would like co- like take like The Great Gatsby, which is uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, right. or uh, A Farewell to Arms, which is Hemingway, and like just open it and like type the entire thing on a typewriter, just to like get like the flow of the Damn. words and, and like like to understand how to write. Basically, yeah, like, that's he, actually not a bad idea. No, it's super fucking smart. Like, yeah. and like I don't love The Great Gatsby, but like one thing that it's like it definitely is is like a well-written book oh yeah so like sure. that i don't know it's great like i would never think to do that damn yeah i might have to start doing that with scripts or something yeah like but, co- comedians like transcripts oh yeah That'd be smart, that would be cool but like uh uh even i mean we were just i mean do you remember the episode of the anthropocene reviewed where he talks about the great gaps yeah yeah, yeah. he's like it wasn't even like that big of a book when it first yeah. came out it wasn't big for like 20 years after yeah like, until the war was it vietnam no it, i think it would have been like world war one or something 
I don't know. It could, because <laughs> one of the wars. Yeah, it happened like he wrote it around the time of the depression. I guess two, maybe. Oh, it was before the depression because it was the Roaring Twenties, which was what the movie was about, right? So he probably wrote it during. You're right, during the time of the depression. And I think it came out. I don't know. It could have been Vietnam, or but it was. But, the, but yeah, it was but, the book that they sent out with the army. Oh yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I do remember that. No, I know. Yeah, and so at that point, all the army men were like. <laughs> Alright, this is a good book. Yeah. It's like it, it's like uh it's good the, the more time you're exposed to a piece of art, the more you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. So now people that was just a classic because yeah. we were for it was Yeah, it's like it could have been anything. Like it could have been like Dave Pilkey's Captain Underpants <laughs> and like like they would just come like the soldiers would come home, like, Have you read this? Yeah. Have you flipped the the flip flipperama? Yeah. So uh so Honduras yeah, hung out Hunter. with Dave Pilkey. Yeah, yeah, that basically. And yeah, and Harold and yeah, but so he was like, uh, he was friends with some of these guys, you know, once he actually had his own career, but they definitely inspired him to write. For sure. And I mean, you're a product of like the five people that you hang around. Isn't that a thing? Yeah, true. So if you hang around with a bunch of writers, you're going to. Yeah, but this was like, even before that, you just like, I guess it is kind of like hanging out with them. If you're like typing up an entire book though. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's like, that's the crazy thing about like books is like, it feels like you're hanging out with the author. Even if like, Oh, true. Even if it's like a story, like I, I just watched stand by me, uh, two days ago. Oh, and dude, when he gives that fucking, like they're sitting around the campfire, or, I don't know if there's a campfire, but they're like, it's you know, a campfire. yeah, they're like sitting there smoking or like after a meal, like it is kind of like cigarettes. a smoking scene and then he like he sets up this whole story for him and like you get lost even watching it you get lost in it and in, then yeah and he's just like weaving a story for you and like that's honestly what friendship is like you just like talk to people over like and tell stories and i like, get familiar with like yeah. the way they tell them and shit oh yeah and the way so, they talk yeah so like I, I don't know that's why i love books so much but like that's what yeah i know. mean in the actual book stand by me it's like a complete separate chapter yeah that's just in there it's just yeah. like another story yeah exactly it's like he just wrote that and it's yeah. like you kind of just yeah but yeah that's crazy yeah but uh i brought up the the beatniks because like so a lot of people like i like i don't know they're popular or like famous i guess for a lot of things like challenging the establishment they're the bulls obviously yeah hitchhiking <laughs> but like to me at least the, the most important thing about like the beats to like you know latch onto is that they all did a shit ton of drugs uh, of course yeah like they course. they were like it kind of invented taking stimulants to write oh really so, yeah you can thank them the next time like you're doing an essay because <laughs> yeah. like you wouldn't have had the adderall to, to without without the beats basically damn that's crazy you know you, you at least like wouldn't pair them together i don't i don't think yeah, in the same I, way i feel like beatnik i relate to like weed and like really? slowing down yeah but i didn't know but, they were yeah like, they needed to sl- the weed after you know after breaking <laughs> the fuck out yeah. of writing yeah. yeah like Jack- i wonder if you can tell that while you're reading like beatnik poems and stuff if you yeah. can tell that it's like st- stimulant yeah some of it like at least what i've read like I, like some of the poetry is just kind of like all over the place yeah. and then like uh like jack kerouac have you heard that name uh no he wrote uh on the road it's like his most famous uh book but heard of the movie (laughs) yeah with like kristen stewart yeah yeah and i haven't seen the movie myself but like the book's pretty good um but he like he wrote that actually on the road he just like i think he like drove a motorcycle just around the country and would just take fucking speed and like stop and write like 40 50 pages damn and it's like jesus christ like and they, and I mean, they, you base their careers off of this stuff. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, re- it's a great book, but it, it's also like, you, I don't know, maybe it's just because we know the way he wrote it, but it's also like, yeah, I feel like this could have used a couple edits, you know? Yeah. 
Or like it, it could have used some like time away from the drugs. Yeah. Maybe I mean, at least when you write a book on stimulants, do more stimulants and revise. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like I don't. When I write an essay on like a stimulant, you know, I like have to take a couple of days away from it and then come back and be like, oh, well, that whole paragraph's garbage. Like, <laughs> like that, or you know, like yeah, just no, rework it. It's like that th- wasn't quite what I, I wanted said to. And write. three times. In yeah. A row like, oh, dope. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you use like and yeah, like three times in a sentence. Yeah, like, yeah. You're yeah. just fucked. Yeah. Yeah, but. uh I think that's kind of like what inspired him to uh, to start using stimulants. Hunt. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So basically, he gets out of the the air force, um, and he's working for like almost a decade at like random newspapers. Uh, oh, right. <clears throat> he was a sports writer, I think I said. Yeah. Did he have a team? Uh, no. Nah, he was just a big football fan. Uh, uh, I think he. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was no Kentucky football team, so <laughs> he's like, I don't know, just you know, whoever just was good football. at the time. Yeah. And. Uh, so in '65, he was hired to uh, to do an article on Hell's Angels. Hell's Angels. Oh, yeah, the, it's like the motorcycle. The motorcycle. Game. Game. Yeah, yeah. And so he uh, he followed them for like three months and had this article written like about their life, how they work and stuff. And then he decided to turn it into a book. So he follows them for another year. Basically, like he's an honorary member at that point. Oh shit! Not not like for good. Like he can't just you know <laughs> come join them whenever he wants. But like for that time, like. He's like, do, you know, hanging out with them, all this shit. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they're just, they're, you know, he's not a snitch. He's Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, exactly. Know? They were like super distrustful of reporters because they're the fucking Hell's Angels. Right. But like, they let it's Hunter Thompson, it's and Hunter. like he wasn't even, he was just like a cool guy, you know. Yeah. There's a, a cool ass photo where he's like in the back of a uh, a pickup truck, mm-hmm. and like he's getting a photo for his article, and like taking a picture of them, like. He's in the bed of the pickup oh, truck shit. with all of them, like, riding, you know, like, taking up the whole road. <laughs> it's And then, like, they, I think they got another picture, like, another truck to get a picture of him. Another truck? Yeah, another truck with another Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> 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 yeah, but, uh, he, uh, that's when he actually started taking, like, Dexedrine, which is a stimulant of, of the time. Really? Is yeah, it, for it riding. Does it exist anymore? Uh, maybe. Should it exist anymore? Probably not. Like, yeah. I feel like stimulants of the of the, of the 50s and 60s are probably probably best left. Like, <laughs> In the 50s yeah, and 60s. Yeah, like, you know, schedule drugs. <laughs> but I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, I mean, when you're hanging out with the, the Hells Angels, though, you're, you're probably going to get into some drugs. Yeah, but he, he, re- like, so he was doing drugs with them, I'm sure. But then he, like, really got into using them for his writing Uh-oh. at that point because he, like, had to meet the book deadline. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh... But and yeah, that's what the whole lesson is. Deadlines are bad, people. Yeah, basically. School is bad because it makes you want to do drugs. Yeah, no, for real. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he talked about, like, he knew there was, like, a trade-off happening. Like, he had to meet that deadline, right? Mm-hmm. To get that book out and, like, basically start his career. Yeah. And so, like, the only way to do that, once he had put it off for so long, was to take this drug. And, like, it gets that workout, but it's mm-hmm. also going to, like, it's there's going to be some consequences, you know? It's, like, the same with, like, any yeah. drug, ba- or, like, alcohol. Like, you take alcohol, and it makes you feel good for a little bit, but if you make that routine, or even if you're doing it, like, every other day, yeah. like, you're going to have some serious, like, consequences. Health, I mean, adverse health effects. Yeah. I mean, like, not doing your daily work that yeah, you need to be doing. exactly. Like, you're just going to fall, like, yeah. your life's going to go to shit. Right. But, like, I, like, I don't know, people, like... Like, doing Adderall every day? Giving Adderall to a kid every day? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like 12 Benadryl a day? Like, <laughs> You know, actually, that's maintainable. Like coffee every day? Yeah. Oh, 12 pounds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, that's like just a morning. Yeah, that's yeah. just a morning. That's just, yeah. And then 12 at night, too. Yeah, but so that was like, uh, I don't know. People, 
people love to like point to his later life and be like, yeah, you see, like you can have fun with drugs, but you take it too far and you end up like Hunter S. Thompson. Like he couldn't really put sentences together well. He he had like a he he didn't make public appearances anymore. He was like reluctant to even be seen in public, and which is kind of sad because like he he was like a sixty-five-year-old man, you know. Yeah, but where did like the political journalism come? from? Yeah, I'm getting to that. Okay, yeah. So, like, so but I don't know. Like, he recognized there was a trade-off there. Oh, and he like wrote about it. Was it during the time period from after Hell's Angels that he like talked about that? About the the trade-off. Yeah, Uh, it was probably a little after that. Like once he actually got involved in like taking drugs for for his writing, right? Um, like, but yeah, he like knew about it like in the middle of his career, like at the, his peak, basically. Oh, so that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Did it? Did that thing that he first wrote with the drugs was yeah. that like a big hit for him? Oh yeah, dude, it sold five hundred thousand copies. Damn. Which like I I don't know what like I don't know what books sell today, honestly. Yeah. Or <laughs> so what I they even sold back I can't, then. Like that, I can't really compare that. Yeah. yeah to anything, but <laughs> think about like any anybody reading anything like or not anybody, but like. Think of like think about any book right now selling five hundred thousand copies. Yeah, that's a lot. Like any any of the past like ten books you've read, right. I can't imagine like a single one of them like. <laughs> I don't selling, know. Yeah, five hundred thousand. Yeah, like that's a. I shit mean, maybe ton. like yeah. I mean, probably like classics have yeah. probably sold a lot because they're implemented in schools. Yeah, yeah, and but yeah, no, every yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, but books that aren't. Is yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, ex- like this was a new book. Like oh, you know what true. I mean? Like yeah. it sold five hundred thousand in like the first couple years. Like. Damn. It was insane. But yeah, no, so that like started his career. Damn. And so he was a respected journalist at that point. And uh, so it led him to like the Chicago Convention of 1968, like the Democratic uh, National Convention. Yeah. You know, like where they like pick the, uh, the shit, like the uh, uh, candidate, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like, I don't know if you remember I that. I think I heard about, didn't you send me a podcast on Hunter S. Thompson's life? And I think he went there. Yeah, yeah. And something crazy happened. Yeah, yeah. So he went there and like... <laughs> Like, it was, a, like, I don't know if you remember from, like, history class and shit, but it was a crazy-ass convention. Like, there were all these different candidates that were, like, actually could have been granted the candidacy, and people didn't like who was picked and shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what and, was the, who was it? Um, I want to say it was, like, George McGovern. Oh, and who was the right. Republican? Oh, no, that was, that was the next election. Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, I want to say it was, like, it was Robert Kennedy, maybe, and then he died. Oh. But, you know, like, he... He was he, shot, like... Well, that's JFK that was shot. No, but his brother was, too. You, You're you, right. Dude, JFK, that was in the 80s, though. Was it? No, it was the 60s. It was, it was 60... A, it was 68. It was 63, dumbass. That's what I'm saying. Because we watched a movie about that in Miss yeah. Taylor's class. Yeah. Yeah, because JFK ran, and then his brother ran right after, and they Yeah, shout out Miss Taylor, for sure. Yeah, definitely <laughs> shout out Miss Taylor. Yeah. No, yeah, dude, it, the video is why Again, if you haven't seen this video of Robert Kennedy dying, definitely go look it up. Like, he's shot in, like, a hotel um, <laughs> kitchen. And so this is just a video, like, someone's, like, following him, like, through the, all the halls and shit to, like, you know, like, he just... Uh, I, I like a campaign video? Yeah, exactly. And then somebody just, out, out of nowhere, he's just shot. Oh. It's, like, almost more... Inside, so, too. Yeah, dude, in a kitchen. Like oh, a, Jesus. A hotel kitchen. Like, you've been there. Like, <laughs> it's, like, a crowded place and, like... Oh, yeah. It's not a place to get shot in, no, <laughs> no doubt. I don't remember that part of the movie that yeah, we watched it. <laughs> she probably didn't show us that in like yeah, seventh grade. But yeah. I, well, no, it was a uh, sophomore year. Oh yeah, we did have that. Movie. We watched that. Yeah, yeah, but that's crazy. Well, first of all, that whole situation is crazy. Yeah, JFK, and then 
his brother. I thought, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so he, he goes to this convention. There's police, like, uh, there's riots from the people. Mm-hmm. And then there's police brutality to, like, back that up. Like, to stop the riots. Like, they're just beating everybody. Like, you know, like, oh, I, you can yeah. find videos. But it's like, I don't know. It's like civil rights type shit. Like, where they're, like, just beating the shit out of people. Oh, yeah. You know, like, indiscriminately. And it's like, what the fuck? That like, was definitely part could, of the video. Yeah, it's He's... like, how could you treat, like, a human being like that? Let alone, like, these people, like, are obviously distressed. Yeah, like, and you're a representation of the government and yeah. the police force. Like, you're the enforcement, like, the power enforcement, basically. Yeah, and you're just beating yeah. the shit out of people who are just protesting. Yeah, and he got, he got beat the shit out of. Thompson? He was one of them, yeah. And he, he was, That's like... Thompson? Yeah, dude, he even had a press press. Like, he went oh, there as yeah. a... Oh, yeah! And, like, they still beat the shit out of him. And so he went he went back to his hotel and, like, cried for almost a week. Oh. Yeah, because, like, he was, he was so, like... He didn't understand how... Like, he, he did understand... Was that, he like, on drugs when that happened? When he cried for a week? Well, before I've been and after. Yeah, because I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> um... Probably. Because if you're I mean, on drugs and you if you're on acid or something and you get beat the shit out, then that's probably really traumatizing. Oh, yeah. I cry for a Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he recognized that like once violence, you know, enters this like the conversation, like the conversation's over. Like You're right. It's it becomes it's not like a conversation. Yeah, it becomes like uh you know, a conversation of force more so. Like whoever has more power, more brute force, like yeah. is gonna win. Right. And then so it's like like he recognized that and as a journalist, like that's kinda tough to to bear you because know? your power like word <laughs> it, the power of conversation is like what? It's, yeah it's just worthless and like we've moved way closer to that now i feel the power of conversation or the power of brute force uh oh oh is it like a a tilting scale like it, it can only go one or the other <laughs> yeah, uh probably probably, probably the brute force i think like i just feel like people don't talk as much like yeah about, like, true that's true like that's what we're doing right now but yeah, luckily yeah but like yeah but like people just don't like um, opinions yeah they just have like these like phrases they want to say to whether either agitate somebody or like get somebody to agree with them social you know? distancing yeah it's just like i don't like we have social media so like it's a, the classic thing of like we have social media so we're like more connected than ever but somehow we're more disconnected than ever. more disconnected yeah and it's like you know what i mean it's just like we yeah. have this ability to, to have a conversation yeah but like there's yeah, no conversations yeah. being well heard. it's because of the social medias it's, they're not set up for conversation That's they're true. set up for here put say what you want to say yeah and then people will say like little it's yeah. not yeah I don't yeah know. they also like promote whatever tweets or uh like posts you know that um that you would engage with whether they make you angry or oh not. yeah it's true. whatever you're gonna engage, engage with engage with whether that it's gets, a like, positive or a negative yeah so it's like it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I, yeah, social media sucks, but... Yeah, yeah. Or in the past, we're, in a, we're, yeah. we're, we're back when America was great originally, the first time. Yeah, yeah so he... Like, yeah, exactly. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so yeah. He got beat the shit out of, and he got... Yeah, he, he cried for, like, a week. That's yeah. like, still... That's a lot of tears. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Probably a lot of drugs, though, honestly, to spur those tears. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, true. If you're, like, the type of person to, to do a lot of drugs... Typically, you're the type of person to do even more drugs when you start crying. <laughs> true, you know? true. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> spoken from experience, but... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that actually led to uh, him uh, entering a sheriff's race in 1970 in Aspen, Colorado. Oh, shit. Like, uh, yeah, was, like... He wanted to be a sheriff? Yeah, so he, he ran for county sheriff. He didn't necessarily oh. want to be sheriff. He wanted to be, like, he wanted to get into the establishment you know right and so he ran not like as a republican or democrat he ran on it was called like the freak power ticket oh right yeah and uh because he wanted freak power yeah i guess there were other people like 
like running in Colorado on that ticket. Like, I guess Colorado is like a hub for like, like what Austin, you know, is now Austin, Texas. Like it's just like weird people <laughs> and like there's music being made and drugs being taken and shit. <laughs> there's cool microbreweries, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool, but really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he ran on like a platform of decriminalization of drugs, uh, turning the streets into grass so that like people could just like walk on them. Like, it, yeah, we're in uh, Lebanon. That's what he ran. That was one of his campaign. Yeah, that was one of his campaign promises. Like, Holy shit! But I, I kind of like. Like at first, you're like, what? But then, like, it, we're in Lebanon right now, mm-hmm. and like, they every year, they every summer, they talk about like turning, uh, turn not the not Broadway, but like Main Street, M- Mulberry, Mulberry, yeah, into yeah. like a uh, big old party. Yeah, like a area. yeah, like a <laughs> block where like everybody can hang and shit. And it's like, yeah, but it's also just concrete, like. I, I can get concrete in my, you know, in my neighborhood, like, <laughs> yeah. literally in my, my front yard. I, I got plenty you know, of it. Like, I, I fuck that. Like, more, yeah. I prefer grass where you can, like, lay a blanket down. Like, True. you feel the grass, like, under your... And, yeah. Anyway. No, I mean, it, you know, it makes... Yeah, it makes no, it's like, nice. yeah, it's like romanticized in my mind, but... For sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, he talked about disarming the police, which is dope as fuck. As a sheriff? Yeah. He Ooh. was, and he was like, like, you know, his, like, opponent was like, what, like, why would you do that? He's like, uh, he's... I, I don't know, dude. He was just, like, talk to any police officer. Like, they say they never use them. And then when they do, like, you know, somebody gets seriously hurt. And it's, like, not, you know, it's typically... Like, In a situation where they didn't need to be seriously Yeah, they didn't hurt. need to. It's, like, how often do you need to use your, your firearm? Right. And it, later in his life, he, like, not that long after he got like super into uh firearms yeah i think i because in the movie he goes and yeah. he shoots like, he realized like as like i don't know he realized where the establishment was going and like you know where we are now like, right kind of need them like to protect yourself yeah and it's like i mean you can well, that's the point of um i think the amendment is like the, the, the right to bear yeah. arms is to like not to use on other people but to use in case the government, you know, I don't know, the government gets out of hand. Or yeah, I don't you know, need something to. like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, like he definitely understood, like, like I think he was more with people having the guns than, like, police, you know, yeah. like, the power arm. Yeah. Because he had seen what, you know, happened in, like, Chicago. Um, he, he also shaved his hair, like, for it, it, so that he could then, in, like, the debates against his, uh, whoever he was running against, like, he could be, like, uh, my long-haired opponent, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> you could just refer to them as... Yeah, like, and then it's, like, I mean, especially in a set, like, 1970, like, people didn't, you know... Oh, like they didn't guys, like long hair. Yeah, guys with I long hair. I forgot about that. And it's, like, he probably had, like, hair, like, as long, like, you know, shorter than mine, yeah. even. But it's, like, you could just call him your, your long-haired opponent. My long-haired opponent. opponent. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> you know, that is funny. <laughs> what a day. Yeah, and, uh, so it actually looked like he was gonna a win. superior policy. Yeah, he, yeah, it comes out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, he thought he was gonna win. Um, and like all, all these reporters started coming to him in like the last week, and it's like, we, we want to hear what you have to say. Like, you know, it, lo- it looks like you're gonna win. And then the two nights before the actual election, um, the Democrats and Republicans conspired to, uh, to like have his opponent drop out. And so his opponent was a Democrat, right? Oh, okay. And so they, he dropped out. And then the Republican dropped out of the county commissioner's race. And that way, the Democrats won. And then the Republican, who was also running against him, mm-hmm. like in uh, in the sheriff's race, mm-hmm. would win. If that makes sense. So they, like, they pushed everybody to vote for... The like, guy that wasn't Hunter S. Yeah, basically. Because they knew... <laughs> yeah, they even... Like, the Democrats even... They're like, it has to be either a Democrat or Republican, yeah, so like, one we, side for... We can't have it. fucking Hunter S. Thompson, like... <laughs> Taking guns away and putting yeah. grass in the street and shit. Yeah, he he talked about like destroying any buildings that blocked like the view of the mountains. Oh, 
Yeah, which it's like yeah. I don't know. He seems like a cool guy. Definitely. And it's sad, like he almost won, and then it, it and goes then like they that. just conspired against. Him. Yeah, and so like I think that was his uh, his like first foray into politics. You know, I mean, yeah. obviously the the convention sparked that, but then he's For like, sure. fuck, like these establishment guys will re- literally do anything. Like they'll give up their position, like their election, in order to make sure that like nobody, go, like you know, no, nothing right. infiltrates the establishment. It's like, damn. god damn, like. I don't know. It's, it's kind just, of a fuck system. Yeah, it's just disheartening as hell. It is disheartening. <laughs> and it's like, I, I don't know, it just happened to this actual guy. Spe- yeah, this guy that you have read and like, again, like we were talking about earlier, it's like you kind of know him a little yeah, bit because like, you've read his Yeah, he's like book. almost a friend. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sad. It he's definitely sad. influenced my life, like growing up and shit. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I, I mean, some of the promises are kind of a stretch, you know, but, yeah. but they're like for the good you know what i yeah. mean like it's for the best yeah. and the it's like he man. probably wouldn't actually like tear down businesses you know that block the view right. but it's like he's not gonna put it let any more go up like, especially as a sheriff how much power do they actually yeah have yeah but you could definitely make like zoning issues you know like difficult True. like to build new shit but yeah but yeah even like sheriffs only go for like two or three years i think it's mm. not that long so it's like yeah you couldn't have probably done all of that but like that's the point like, yeah the, the point is is like trying to reach the like yeah. the best you know? yeah it's like it's the, the, the yeah. best society. Yeah, Anyways. that was 1970, and then he also wrote uh, this this essay on the Kentucky Derby. He, he was like still a, a journalist at the time, and he really yeah. But th- this so like the a sh- you know an elections in November, and then like the Kentucky Derby's in like July. Oh. So it's like se- kind of separated. Right. <coughs> I think it's in. Ju- I don't know. It, it was supposed to be coming sure, up. I it think. was definitely supposed to be. Coming <laughs> yeah. Up. I, don't know, I don't know when it is now. <laughs> But yeah, he, it's uh the piece is called uh, the Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved, which is like a cool ass title. Yeah, a lot of alliteration. Yeah, I, I read it um this past like winter, and he like he hardly talks about the Kentucky Derby at <laughs> all, like the actual race. It's more about like the people who go there. Yeah. And like the fucking big ass hats and like just like all the betting, which he was a, a big better himself, but big it's bet. all yeah big big, big bet. old bet. But it's also like I mean. I don't know. When you see, like, these rich people, like, you know, p- spend a shit ton on the horses, like, and sh- and then, like, they oh, yeah. spend a shit ton to, like, bet on them. Oh, yeah. It's, like, all rich people, and it's, like, ugh. So it's he just, just, like, yeah, it's, like, they have nothing <laughs> better to do with their money, so they just bet on, like, the competition of, like, yeah. dumbass horses. Yeah, dude, and they spend, like, decades and, like, millions of dollars. Like, horses cost a shit ton. Oh, yeah, just putting... It's just a place for money to be f- laundered, maybe? Yeah, and so he just, like, drank <laughs> the entire time and, like, almost missed the race. <laughs> that he was but, supposed to write yeah, about. Yeah, that's classic Hunter. <laughs> classic Hunter. Yeah, but... He got um, it done. Yeah, but the thing about this piece is, like, it really, like, sparked his, um, this, like, first-person narrative. Uh, he would, like... I, I, it was just very subjective. Like, like I was saying, like, w- what other writer, like, goes to cover a sporting event and then narrowly misses the sporting event? Yeah. You know, and so like, he gave this step. Like it's mostly about his drinking that day. It's mostly <laughs> about the people he sees. Right. So it's like this step by step process. You know, that's very subjective, very first person. Well, I mean, it's cool because like it's more about like he wasn't obviously he wasn't that interested in the Kentucky Derby. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. So he wrote like he was probably assigned to do a, like a, a book or something about yeah. it, or just wanted to do it in general. I don't yeah. know. He probably had somebody that was paying him to do it, yeah. right? And so, I mean, for me, with my classes, it's like we had to write um, essays on articles about like food and food nourishment. I don't, you know, I don't really care about that at all. 
but so I just wrote about like the format of the article yeah. and like just like kind of judge the the author's like writing style and 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 yeah uh, I don't know no so for it, sure it's cool he just like turned it into something that he liked and, and yeah and that's I mean that's Hunter S Thompson yeah you like you just like make the assignment work for you You're exactly like, well I gotta do this shit like may as well ha- have it be fun right and yeah and it's like it was open ended you know yeah. they, they didn't say what to write about they just yeah. said write about this yeah it's like well I'm writing this about that <laughs> yeah like he did the same shit with um with the Super Bowl a couple years like he I think he really? actually, yeah he actually did well uh, <laughs> yeah like there was this. There was this big ass fight between um, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. It's called like the Rumble in the Jungle. Oh. Uh, George Foreman. Yeah, dude, it was like it, like the biggest fight the ever. Rumble in the Jungle. I mean, it sounds like I don't even know. Was that <coughs> UFC boxing? Boxing. Yeah, see, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. But, I but it was in know Africa. Both of those names. It was in Africa. It's Rumble so, like, in the Jungle. Yeah, dude, imagine like cool. the boxing association like setting up this whole thing in Africa. In uh, I I don't know who it was. Maybe ESPN, Rolling Stone like, flew him out there. To, to go do it and he ended up missing it like he was, he was just floating in a fucking pool <laughs> like drinking a cocktail smoking you know smoking some reefer like, oh shit just, that's going on right now huh? missed he, it yeah it's just like he didn't, yeah like he I mean I, that is kind of sad though too it's like, like bro you missed like the literally the biggest sporting event of your life and yeah <laughs> gonna let it go just gonna let it go i mean at that point he definitely didn't care no not a, but but that first person like uh way of writing ended up like sparking this whole thing called like now it's called gonzo journalism and oh. it's like named for him oh right where, so, where does gonzo come from i don't i don't remember honestly don't remember, yeah. there's like there's gotta be something jamie look that up <laughs> i got you gonzo journalism is a style of journalism that is written without claims of objectivity often including the reporter as part of the story via a first-person narrative. The word gonzo is believed to have been first used in 1970 to describe an article by Hunter S. Thompson, who later popularized the style. The term gonzo was first used in connection with Hunter S. Thompson by the Boston Globe magazine editor Bill Cardazzo in 1970. He described Thompson's article, The Kentucky Derby is Decadent and Depraved, which was written for the June 1970 edition of Scanlon's Monthly as pure gonzo journalism. Cardonzo claimed that gonzo was South Boston Irish slang, describing the last man standing after an all-night drinking marathon. He also claimed that it was a corruption of the French-Canadian word gonzieu, which means shining path, although this is disputed. Uh... Yeah. But so the whole like first po- what do you, what do you mean like first per- like like it's it's objective writing but yeah, it's so, like, from a first person yeah like, so narrative like, perspective it's basically like every almost every journalism like piece you'll read now mm-hmm. like if you read something from like Vice mm-hmm. that's exactly Gonzo journalism it's like they like say they go to cover like you know some Native American tribe and like the ayahuasca they take or whatever mm-hmm. like. That person's writing about their flight there most of the time. They're writing about, like, getting invested into the group, maybe, like, staying there for a couple of days before they, they go on, like, the experience or whatever. Yeah. And it, so it's, like, like th- that wasn't a thing before. Before, it was just, like, before him, at least. Like, you would just have these, like, piece, like these articles that, like, I don't know. It's just very, like, disconnected from the author. Right. You know, the author is just, like, a medium yeah. to get that information out. Right. Whereas he included himself, like, in it. In it. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's his cool. story became a part of the larger story, whatever Damn. he was writing. Yeah. So and that's so, where, um, like, opinionated journalism came in? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, like, revolutionized journalism. Like, he did, I mean, 
his stuff is opinionated. Like, he's talking about how shitty, you know, the Kentucky Derby yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, it's like, it's like a harmless opinion, you know? Right. And it's, it's like... Hunter S. Thompson. Everybody knows he's, like, drug-fueled fiend. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's like, well, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, it's crazy that, I mean, that's probably how he made his name, right? Yeah. Because of well, his yeah, and revolutionization it's like, of... Yeah, and it's like, imagine growing up, like, reading the beats, and then when you, you, like, become a journalist, and, like, everything you're surrounded by, everything you're supposed to write, everything you do read is, like, so sanitary, like, so distant from, like, what the source is supposed to be. And you're like, this doesn't, like, it doesn't really match up, you know? Right. Like, there's a disconnect. And so, yeah. like, he, like, I don't know. In my opinion, he, like, he fixed made a, that, you know? Yeah, he did, yeah. He, like, that, mended that. He made and, like, people actually want to read stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like... <laughs> Important stuff, I Yeah, guess. so, like, that was, like, the beginning of, like, his, like, really, like, getting his own style, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh... And that led to, like, the next year, in 71, he wrote this, uh, he, he was assigned to do this piece, uh, that he titled, like, Strange Rumblings in Aslan. Not in the jungle. No, 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 not this time. <laughs> and, uh... Well, not ever, because he didn't make it to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Strange Rumblings in where? Uh, in Aslan, Aslan yeah. Like, like the, Narnia? like the lion, yeah. Yeah, like the god? Yeah, but there's a T in there. I don't, I don't know how Aslan's spelled <laughs> in the... In the other book. (laughs) In the the other, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he, uh, yeah, so there was this uh, journalist who was, this was like, you know, right at like 71, so like 72, or I don't don't know when the Vietnam War started, probably the 50s, (laughs) but it was like at its height in like the 70s. The height of the Vietnam War. Yeah. (laughs) In the 70s. Yeah. Okay. So this, uh, so like there was this journalist named Ruben Salazar, right, in Los Angeles, and, cool name. Yeah, no, it's cool as fuck. <laughs> and he, uh, he, so he was in LA and he was covering. There, there was this like rally of like, uh, it's called like a Chicano rally, and like Chicanos are like like Hispanic people that are Americans, right? Oh, okay. For the most part, yeah. But like, it was like, uh, I don't know. It was like one of those suburbs of LA where it's like mostly Hispanics, mostly like Mexicans, mm-hmm. right? And. This little uh, Mexico. Yeah, and Ruben Salazar was a Mexican American himself, so he was like perfect to cover this this rally that was going on against the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. and the police came in and they were trying to disrupt it, like break up the rally, whatever, like you know, just like the same thing that was going on in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, and uh, they they shot a can of tear gas straight into his head. Holy. Yeah, shit. dude was dead like right. instantly, yeah. and so Hunter S. Thompson sent down there to go like check this out, like investigate in a way, like. See, see like what the fuck happened because like you know anytime the police kill somebody like it's instantly covered up oh yeah like wrongfully or not like it's almost always just like covered up like <laughs> and then again like they're the power arms so they have like all the information they do the actual investigation you know yeah. and so he goes down there to do some some of his own shit his own yeah, yeah and uh and that I, like, that was really scarring to him again it was just like again you see the fucking the, police the, the power. now now like literally taking out journalists True, And yeah. this was, like, one of the top, like, journalists of the time. Mm. And with a cool-ass name. Yeah, with, like, like, I mean, come on. Ruben Salazar, like, come on. <laughs> You're gonna take that guy? That yeah. guy out of the world? I mean, now, you, is, got, now you got a problem with it. It is a good martyr name, though. Honestly, True, like, yeah, yeah. Remember Ruben Salazar. Remember Ruben Salazar. <laughs> remember Ruben. Hashtag remember Ruben. <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, he, a mutual friend of Ruben's and uh, Hunter's, uh, oh. His name was Oscar Acosta. He met him down in L.A. And uh, he, like, uh, Acosta was like, yeah, we got to get out of here. Like, I- I'll tell you what happened, but, like, I, I don't want to be in L.A. Like, I'm afraid for my life. 
obviously, you know, yeah. like, and so they went, uh, they decided, they went from LA to Las Vegas uh, on like whatever the highway is. And that's where he came up with the idea to do fear and loathing yeah, in Las Vegas, bad. which is okay. like, okay, so all about he was it, like scared of being like killed by the, the police. Yeah, basically. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's Damn, where I like, thought the that scene, guy was his lawyer. Well, it was, so that was just where he got the idea from. Oh, right. Okay. And then, like I was saying, it's like it, that first person subjective, like allows for like a lot of like fake stuff to come in like just to make shit up right. and so like i doubt he actually went with his lawyer you know yeah. i'm not gonna say he didn't but i don't uh, i mean he went with oscar <coughs> yeah. yeah it's like and he could have done he could have done a trip by himself True. honestly yeah <laughs> like doing all those drugs but yeah if you haven't seen the movie or read the book then like it uh fear and loathing in las vegas is like it's just his whole trip, like, to Las Vegas. I, f- I don't even remember why he's going there, like, in the book. I don't think it's important, to be honest. It's not. Right? It's just, like, about the trip and, like, I don't, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. it is really weird. It's really introspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But, yeah, so that's where, like, he got the idea for that. And it, it's just, like, this, I don't know, throughout the entire book and movie, there's, like, this manic desperation. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, searching for, you know, like, yeah. trying, like whether it's, like, trying to get drugs or get to the next spot. Oh, Even yeah. though that's, like we just said, like, that's not important <laughs> in the narrative or, like, the plot line. <laughs> but, like, for him in the moment, it's, like... It's really desperate. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so he uses that uh, first-person subjective again. And it uh, just, like, I don't know, the book, like, goes crazy. Like, everyone's interested in it, and it, like, really makes the name for him yeah and it's like oh shit like this is like you know the the top writer of our times and then he doesn't really do much after that like his, yeah. his work kind of why fell. that book got so famous and popular i don't know i i want to say it has to do with like the the drug culture so like you had the 60s and i th- like right. i don't know that's so where, it was like, mid 70s is what you were saying yeah like the, the height of the vietnam war right? yeah yeah it was 71 when it came out so it's like, okay so but that's like the i feel like that's the drug explosion yeah weren't the beatles doing like drug experimentation music at that point yeah they had broken up by 70 though oh really yeah but like the beatles had happened but it I just think, got popular yeah <laughs> i think there was like a big need or like want maybe need in like media for like this anti-establishment kind of stuff because mm-hmm. like you have the beatles you have like i don't know like bob dylan Ruben kind of shit Ruben. Ruben Salazar dead. Yeah. Uh, fucking racial inequalities, like, awful, you know, like, just following the Civil Rights Amendment. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't know, dude. And, it, like, so I think... That's fair. Yeah, I think there's his, a lot going on. Yeah, I think his, like, disdain for, like, um, not just the establishment, though. It's just, like, authority, basically. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a real hero. You know? <laughs> it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, it, like, I think that paired with, like just like it, it's honestly like unfound like it had never been written before like yeah. like he started it with that hell's angels mm-hmm. uh book or like well kind of with the uh kentucky derby well so it's like um with a lot of artists it's like your style you don't develop your own style first it's like like you said it's developed yeah. from other poets and like you kind of mix and match other techniques yeah. that you've learned but then he really uh, established it with that um what was the first one that you said where he established like the gonzo uh, I, it was maybe the Kentucky Derby yeah, one. Yeah, 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 the Kentucky Derby one. And so then, so he like finally got it down, and that was just like about the Kentucky Derby type of thing. Yeah, and, and then I he like, like wrote, and then he just wrote, wrote it about himself. Yeah, about himself. You're right. Yeah, yeah the subject was him. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, but like, so there was this. Um, I'm, I'm actually like, oh, I'm like 30 pages uh, away from finishing this other book by him. It was, it was the last one he wrote in uh, 2003. 
It's called uh, Kingdom of Fear. That's crazy. He he wrote a book at, or published a book in two thousand three. Yeah, it's it's basically like old writings that he like went back and like added stuff to okay. and like added like a, not a review of but like a review of the situation. Okay. You know, like yeah, that guy was fucking crazy. That was right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't I didn't even go into it all. Just you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's 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 kind of cool. It like covers the the whole of his career. Um, and he there was this one this one quote I really liked from. Uh, from his dad mm-hmm. uh that he so his dad died when he was 14 mm-hmm. which i feel like is kind of traumatic oh yeah because that's like right when you're that's i feel like that's not oh. young enough to where you can live without him yeah you know but it's old not old enough to where yeah. it's like and like expected yeah like you're you either just hit or are hitting puberty so like right. that's got to be a bitch to lose like your father figure oh yeah. but um he yeah so his dad it's it says uh i'll just read it from the book um so his dad once said, there's no such thing as paranoia. Even your worst fears will come true if you chase them long enough. Be, uh, beware, son. There's trouble lurking out there in the darkness. Sure as hell. And it's like, he told that to him when he was 10. Damn. And it's like, I feel like he really... Um, that was, I mean, that's really displayed in fear and love. That's what I was going to say. I feel like he just went off on that quote with this book. Yeah. Because like, it's very, like I was saying, it's just very manic. Mm-hmm. Like... He, he like he's like so the whole, yeah he's like on all these drugs so like he does think everybody's out to get him yeah. but it's also like everybody's kind of out to get you if you think right. about it long enough yeah because like, i mean because most people if you do what you want to do yeah. at some point people are going to not want you to do that yeah and people are just out to keep you from doing what yeah. you want to do and, yeah like and going back to ernest hemingway he he killed himself like because he thought the end he wasn't wrong uh the cia was following him oh shit yeah really? yeah and so like, he was like going around the, the country like trying to escape the cia but he was also going crazy because of all the the stimulant use you oh know? yeah so it's like they they weren't necessarily following him like you know like every cadillac you see is the the cia but they were they had like notes on him so like they had gone to his house and like you know investigated him like yeah private like n- you know not even like letting him know just like from afar right damn so yeah so like and that was like his hero yeah. So, like, he kind of, like, adopted that, at least for this book. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the rest of his life. For the rest of... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, apparently, according to Kingdom of Fear, because he kept yeah. the quote in there, and, like... Yeah, it's, uh, like... just talked about you. Yeah, so, like I was saying, like, people, when uh, when he got older, like, people were like, oh, you see, like, he really, like... D- like, that's what drugs would do to you, basically. Like, he fucked himself over. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, I mean, if he's cognizant enough, or cogent, I to, to Coherent enough. Yeah, to, like... Remember that as a 10-year-old? Like, oh, that yeah. fucking stuck with him. Oh, yeah. For sure. And, like, it sticks with me, too. Like, fuck. Paranoia. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's like, I mean, I try not to give into paranoia that much because it's like, you, you don't get anything out of it, yeah. typically. But yeah. it's also like... There's no if, point in it. Yeah, if you, like, dive into it long enough, like... It'll consume you. Yeah. Like, it'll come true. Like Oh, whatever, yeah, true. Yeah. Whatever you want. Damn. Or I don't want. I or don't. <laughs> if you manifest it, if you think about it enough, you can manifest it. If you manifest it. Yeah. Which is, yeah. <laughs> like that Jonah Hill show. Is that a fad word now? Manifest? Maybe. I think so. Okay. Manifest destiny. Manifest. That's... Shout out Miss Taylor. <laughs> Shout out Miss Taylor. <laughs> but, so, I mean, that is something that you, I mean... You kind of see throughout his life the paranoia, like even starting oh, yeah. with the basic, you know. Well, yeah. Well, starting after the quote, his dad told him that, right? And then, and then his, his dad, dad dies. dies. <laughs> For, like, yeah. Four years later. God oh damn. man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, yeah. So uh, after seventy-one, like after you know, he writes uh, "Fear and Loathing." Or seventy-two, uh, he writes "Fear and Loathing." Um, then he like, like I think his work fell off. Like some people might think that's it's like prime. Uh, mm-hmm. He started covering like the seventy two campaign election, mm-hmm. and he really like focused in on uh, 
Richard Nixon. Okay. And it was like this guy is like obviously like yeah he was a part of Watergate kid. wasn't he? Uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, didn't he like reveal a, a lot of stuff about I Watergate? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know why I connected that. I, I, I think I, actually my dad told me that like really? Hunter yeah was connected a lot with. Watergate. I don't doubt it. Dude. There is a ton of journalists that were like in, involved. In it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so he like followed Nixon and like Nixon was like the anti Hunter S. Thompson, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> like pro-establishment uh, yeah, i guess like, there's that community episode where they all have like the evil one you know and it's like the <laughs> yeah. evil abed with like the little, the yeah. little goatee uh, <laughs> it was, it was, ba- yeah. was yeah basically <laughs> like he like he's like i don't know he basically started the war on drugs and like oh, yeah. that was obviously anti to everything anti. hunter yeah. <laughs> hunter believed but he was also like he knew he was a criminal from the start like true before everybody because people liked nixon people oh, thought yeah. nixon was like he won well, he won according, an election. According to the history books, he was a really good president. Yeah. And he didn't need to um, rig the campaign, even though he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he, like, he followed him for a while, um, and just, like, I don't know, he was, uh, he was very, like, Nixon was anti, anti-press, anti too, which, obviously, as a journalist, for, like, <laughs> a good part of his life, Hunter wasn't about. Yeah. Um, he, he would go to any extent to win, like he said, he was, you know, he would just rig elections, he was a mm, criminal. Yeah. Like, all exactly what Hunter yeah, was not Yeah, but about. they actually bonded a couple times over football. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, you know, there are things in this world. <laughs> yeah, no, he was like, he was like, no, I can I can put it aside for a minute. He also needed, like, a ride to the, the airport. And, like, uh, his yeah. his car, you know, car was the only one going. So. Yeah, that was the main reason. Yeah. <laughs> that was the main reason yeah. that they bonded. Yeah, but uh, when Nixon but, died, uh, he, uh, <laughs> he said that... Uh, they should bury bury his casket in a sewage canal. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, so he really hated the dude. Like, I don't want I don't want it to say like, seem like uh, they put their differences aside. You know, later in life, like right. they realized it was just like you know work. But no, no, he. I I have the actual quote if you want to hear it. Yeah, let's let's hear. It. He, he said, uh, "His casket should have been launched into a sewage canal." Swine of a man, evil in a, a way only. Those who believe in a physical devil can understand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he really yeah. did not like this man. Yeah, he got him the physical, or, yeah, physical manifestation. Of, of the devil. Of the devil. That's, that's uh, you know, pretty pretty powerful words there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, probably didn't hate him that much. I don't yeah. know. Hope? I mean, well, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, well, that, I mean, there, the lesson in all of that is that even though, like we were talking about before, like, if there's a person you're having a conversation with and you realize that you hate everything about that person, there is still there should be at least one thing that you can yeah. bond on. No, exactly. Maybe. <laughs> and be like, I don't know, humane about. Yeah, or you just kill him. Or I mean, you just kill him. If you can get away with it. Or kill him and don't get away with it. I mean, yeah. If it's worth it, right? That's fair. If you're killing a person, it's probably worth it to go to jail. Yeah. Or kill them, kill yourself. Right. But then you gotta like float up with them. <laughs> or down. Yeah. I don't know how that works either. Yeah. <laughs> to the side. It's a lateral move. Yeah, I think you, you, I think you were right the first time. <laughs> yeah, uh, so then after after that, like, he, he followed Nixon and, and basically until he died. Um, and then he, uh, he, like, in the early 80s, he started releasing the Gonzo Papers, which was, like, um, it's just, like, his early works, like, the, the numerous, like, uh, newspaper articles he had written and shit and like that's what i just read this past winter like and it had like the kentucky derby um it's whatever in there Mm -hmm. um it's basically just what all old artists do is like get their old stuff and be like well i'll add more to this yeah and like he started doing that in the 80s and like the last one didn't come out there was like 
four volumes, I think, and like the last one didn't come out till like two thousand, like shortly uh, before he died. Dang. And it's like, oh, dude, like he knew he didn't have much left in the, <laughs> in the brain. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, honestly, I I would recommend those because like it's, you really get to see like how how he wrote. You know, mm. did not, he ever stop doing drugs? No, not at all. Oh, really? Because yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like not in the least. Because you said like well in this uh, kingdom of fear. Uh, he was like looking back and he's like, that dude was crazy. Yeah. And I don't know if it was from like a more sane perspective. Yeah. I or mean, less like drug induced perspective. I don't think so at all. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also in this book, he was talking, it was uh 1990. He got, um, some woman like came to his house, uh, and like said that he assaulted her. And then he said that she was just trying, she was just there like trying to stir him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he didn't assault her. He, like, pushed her away. Oh, and yeah. then he ended up winning the court case and, like, filing another court case against the, uh, the like, DA, like, the prosecutor, basically. Oh, really? And, he, like, he ended up, like, filing no contest to that. Oh. But, yeah, they found, like, cocaine when they, like, raided his house after that. Oh, who would yeah. have suspected? Oh, cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he was obviously still doing drugs. Um, All right. I feel like... He, like, he couldn't, uh, like, even in this book, it's, like, a review, almost, of his life, like, he can't go back and say, like, don't, he, he does have, like, a, he has a quote, um, where he's, like, I would never, you know, recommend, like, violence, drug use, um, and something else, like, to anybody, but it, it sure worked for me, (laughs) you know. Yeah, that's true, so I was gonna ask, like, if all the drug, if you, in your opinion, if you think all the drugs and everything, like, discredit any of his writing, but the point of his writing is that, it doesn't matter whether it's dis- discredited or not, right? You just take it as it is. Yeah, I'm, yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't, I don't know. I've never really considered that, but I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't well, discredit I mean, it because it's like it's part of it. Like, I, I don't think it's part of it. Like, I don't think you get fear and loathing without the drug use, right? Right. And like, if you don't have fear and loathing, then like, I don't. You don't have like basically like any of the books written any after of it. Works, yeah. Well, not not just him. Like I feel like this. Like oh, any honestly, of the Gonzo. Type. Yeah, it's like honestly inspired like a shit ton. But uh, actually, it, the uh, epitaph to uh, to Fear and Loathing, which is like the little like fra- you know like sometimes like an oh, author no. you will oh. put like a quote or something like yeah. to start the book off. I thought an epitaph was on a gr- like a gravestone. I think that's it. There's like a f- similar word like epigra- epa something or it could be that one and then the other one yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but but yeah it's this quote it says he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man oh and it's like that's kind of what he did like by take like by consuming all these drugs by like throwing himself into his writing which he he could only do yeah that's the only thing he could he uh, could only he no he just like wrote so he threw himself into his writing right Right. and in order to do that he had to throw himself into his drugs at least in his from his point of view right from his perspective like that's what he thought Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i think so like he who makes himself a beast so like he i think he at least like my interpretation is he's saying he made himself a beast Mm -hmm. in a way like especially by the end of his life i think he's recognizing that even in you know 1972 Mm -hmm. but he got rid of the pain of being a man and like Dude, it's like I don't I I I get it on some. It's like an existential threat when you watch like the police beating up citizens and and journalists, mm-hmm. and there's no there's like like nothing came out of that. It's not like there was like an overhaul of the Chicago Police Department, you know, in right. late 1968. Like that didn't happen. Yeah. And then like he he watched it fucking happen again two years later with like the police killing Ruben Salazar. Right. And then like that was in L.A. And then like. You know, less than 20 years later, you have uh, fucking uh, Rodney King 
in L.A. Oh, yeah. He was also killed by L.A. police. Mm-hmm. And, like, you watch fucking Richard Nixon, like, beat his way to the fucking... Uh, the presidency. Mm-hmm. You watch Watergate happen. You're like, oh, this dude's finally a fucking criminal. Everyone knows it. All the headlines have it. Mm-hmm. And then f- his vice president, Gerald Ford, comes up and immediately pardons him within like 20 <laughs> days. And you're like, he didn't. Wh- you can pardon someone. He didn't even go to trial. Yeah. Like, un- unless you want to call Congress the trial, like the impeachment. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Right. Like, so for Hunter S. Thompson, that like that was his pain, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, I mean, I definitely get it. Like, you watch all like this fucking like establishment and like power go to shit, mm-hmm. but still hold that fucking power. Yeah. And I like, continue to fuck over like young people over and over. Right. And it's just like. I, I don't know, dude. It, it fucking hurts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, God damn. It's, you think about it a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. It's pain. like the same, like when, you know, we're sharing a joint or like a drink and I'm just like, mm. the, the fucking world's going to shit, dude. And yeah. it's like, I mean, it happens in times when like we're already like, you know, at a low place mentally yeah. or whatever, but it's also like, fuck, like it, there's a, there's a big kernel of truth in the middle of that. Oh yeah. You know? For sure. But I think there's different definitions of beasts as opposed to a drug-induced beast. No, that's true. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can become a beast in, like, anything, probably. Probably, you know? Like, as, like, a beast of, like, a football player or, like, a beast of, like... Yeah. Just ambition in general. Yeah. You just, like, really get into your ambition maybe i don't know but i think he's talking like it's it, comp- it like starts with beast like who who makes a beast of himself you know and the end is like gets rid of being a man right. so it's like a beast as opposed to a man it's like he who like creates an animal like you know who like other humans will look at as an animal mm-hmm. which people did yeah well like at least he like got rid of like whatever the idea yeah of the people burden thinking of him as a man. yeah like the human condition basically damn and it's like that can be a, a shit ton for like he was smart as hell too mm-hmm. like I mean, it you know, it wasn't just the drugs that helped him write. Like, yeah. it was like, he Look. created this fucking, like, perspective that's now in, like, every single article you read, every single book, right. basically. Well, so that's what I've been reading about in that art and morality class yeah. that I've been talking about. It's like, it's like, there are, like, geniuses, but most geniuses are, like, dicks or, like, evil in some way. Yeah. Or just have, like, beat their wives or, like, yeah. are just bad people in general. Yeah. So it's like, does that discredit their work of art? Probably not. But at this point, it's become so blurred, like, with especially yeah. cancel culture and everything. Yeah, it definitely puts an asterisk on it, you know? It's like... Oh, yeah. You gotta, like... You gotta read, like, the footnotes on it. You're right. Like, it's just... I think... I think it's... It, it, <coughs> I think that's what the... This whole, like, Hunter S. Thompson thing is, is... Is, like, you have to be able to... Like you said, it's like... you Part of fear and loathing is the fact that he was on drugs, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like you read it from that, like, context. Right. And, like, take it like that. Right. And it's all subjective, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you know, if you, like, going into American Beauty, one of the best films of, I mean, I think it's objective. That is a very yeah. well-written film yeah. and, like, extremely good actors. Yeah. If you go into that thinking Kevin Spacey is, like, a fucking creep, then watching that movie turns into a whole different thing, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's not that you shouldn't, obviously you shouldn't support Kevin Spacey, and you, that's what he did was terrible. Right. <laughs> I just should say that for the record. But like going into that movie and like now, like seeing that now after that, you're just like, damn. So there is a lot going on. There's a lot more going on to yeah. it than just the art. You know, it's, it's oh no, big like dude, Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's also one of the like most well written movies. One of the like one of my top movies, right? Oh yeah. And like in like w- without like. Think it, like it's a great movie, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And, like, I mean, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, like, Tarantino's great. Yeah. Like none of the actors have had any like can- they haven't been canceled or anything. But a big funder of that and a big funder of every single Tarantino movie was the Weinstein Company. Oh yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's like this movie happened because like 
some you know somebody was, was sexually assaulted no doubt like oh in this. yeah <laughs> like I, I don't know who it was but i you know no not somebody yeah, yeah. yeah not it's like I, I mean i don't i'm not gonna think about that when i'm watching a dude's ear get cut off like oh, it's just not yeah, gonna happen true. well and I, I think that's another point about like hunter s thompson how you said it inspired so many like better articles of journalism yeah. and like a whole, it opened up a whole new faucet yeah. of of uh, articles to read and stuff like that it's like there is good that comes from that bad, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like people get inspired by art. That's the point of art, I think, is to inspire people. And if the artist is fucked, then yeah, fuck that artist for sure. Yeah. But the art itself, if it inspires good, you know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't mean, I don't know. That doesn't mean that it was like the again. It doesn't mean the artist was good, but it inspired right. good. Yeah. Artist. No. Exactly. That's so, yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. So he he basically re- returned to sports writing after uh, after like. Uh, was it 2000 so like like i basically just jumped like 30 years because like he didn't do he he was still publishing books but it was all older stuff Mm -hmm. and he like he's he so the uh what was it um fear and loathing the movie Mm -hmm. came out in like 99 2000 Mm -hmm. and uh so he ended up becoming great friends with johnny depp oh really yeah i could see that yeah and so like uh he he calls himself Dr. Hunter S. Thompson, even though he, that's not, he's like, not he has no credentials. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, no credentials whatsoever <laughs> to go by that name. But, uh, but he would call um, Johnny Depp Colonel Depp. <laughs> so it was like Dr. Thompson and Colonel Depp. And Colonel Depp. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I, I feel like it'd be, he, he uh, in his book, uh, Kingdom of Fear, he like, he talks a, a few times about like how like Johnny Depp would travel even crazier than him. So like he'd be like afraid, you know, to like bring in a little baggie of cocaine, and then like uh, like if he was going on a plane, yeah. And then like Depp would come up with like fucking like I, I don't know like a- actual bricks of cocaine, yeah, like and then pound. fuck yeah, like pills and like sh- like cigars from Cuba. <laughs> and it's like you can't you can't do that. And it's like I'm Johnny Depp. I'm Johnny. What Depp. are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Things that you can do when you have a famous. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean if Hunter Thompson was doing that, like even in 2000, like people probably would have stopped him. Like yeah, you haven't well, done Hunter thompson yeah. you were all right you know? yeah yeah but it's like johnny depp johnny like, depp pirate yeah. movies coming out and shit <laughs> yeah bring the coat you know what? let yeah. me do a lot come on edward edward do the edward scissorhands yeah. <laughs> but what the the kingdom of hearts kind of made me think of kingdom of fear kingdom of the hearts yeah <laughs> kingdom of fear made me think of uh how like he kind of went back and just used his old works and yeah. like talked about them is like our last episode <laughs> where we just Shit. like t- had old, like a piece of work that was like completely drug induced. Yeah, it was like you can't put that out on its own, but if you like add a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. some salt and pepper, so, some salt and pepper, that's something. <laughs> you yeah. can put something together. Uh, so yeah, so he, this, when he, did he die? So he returned to to sports writing from like two thousand to two thousand five for ESPN, mm-hmm. uh, and so like they they just hired him basically, you know, just just because like. Right. We could get him for cheap enough. Uh, but, yeah, and so on February uh, 20th, 2005, uh, it was two weeks after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and uh, he shot himself in in the head with a shotgun. Oh, shit. Like, while, he, like, his uh, his wife at the time, like, married two years for some reason. Like, he was obviously falling apart. <laughs> yeah, something was going on. Yeah, it was, like, his assistant. So, like, you know, there's something, uh, something yeah, more going on. for sure. But, uh, yeah, he, he was, like, on the phone with her, and, he, like, she says she hung up. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine that, like... She's like, oh, get, like get, get to work, honey. Like, it, it'll be fine. And then, like, yeah. Damn. He just fucked. Was he tripping, at least? I don't <laughs> think so. He was probably on some sort of job. Oh, definitely. On definitely. 
Yeah, so... Right. Well, that is sad, but, I mean... Yeah, and then, uh, they, like, the police, uh, said on, on his keyboard, it was written February 22nd, 2005, so, like, he wasn't even, like, on the same day, even. Uh, Which, I mean, I... What was the actual day? It was two, uh, the 20th. Oh. And then it, it, just the word counselor counselor yeah which is sad as hell too like the dude probably did need to see like some kind of therapy mm-hmm. you know yeah therapist. i mean obviously yeah <laughs> yeah he like was gonna... how old was he though 70 no he was like 65 65 wait i think so set no i guess he was he was almost 70 uh 69 68 yeah. 69 he probably wanted to die 69. <laughs> that's a good age that's yeah I yeah mean... he he wrote like a, a piece so like uh not a piece like a suicide note <laughs> a an piece. epitaph yeah, <laughs> and uh, he was like, it was I don't know. He kind of blamed it on uh, George W. Bush like being reelected because oh. that had just happened, and he was yeah. just, you know. And it's like, I mean, it's fair. Like you watch fucking fifty years of like bad, bad presidents yeah. being elected, like, and like that's your that's like your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like you're gonna be fucked. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, that's like, true. And like you like said, I, I said, mean, that, obviously, it really that was his pain. You know, yeah. what I mean, it was the political. Yeah. like endeavors yeah whatever. and football season was over and football season was so, like over. i get that like when baseball is over and we're canceled like, oh. <laughs> yeah you just want to kill yourself <laughs> yeah basically Jesus. yeah Whoa. so so six months later they they had his funeral mm-hmm. and the reason it was six months later was because his uh in his will he didn't just like you know want to be buried or, or cremated and like put in a vase because that wouldn't be hunter s thompson right and so he he wanted he made him build like this big ass sculpture of like the gonzo symbol which he used as like his um his sheriff's race like uh the, pow- the power f- yeah it's like the power fist with like a, a pe- peyote button in the middle <laughs> which is like mescaline if, like it's a it's a drug another drug yeah, yeah. and so like it, like it was cool as fuck in 1970 but then to actually build a statue of it like 150 feet damn and then they put a cannon on top of it to shoot his ashes out of it. <laughs> All right, that's pretty bad. Yeah, and then Johnny Depp was the... He put that in his will. He wanted Johnny Depp to press the button. Damn. Yeah, dude. And did he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn. So there, there's actually... I, what, did did I skip the... I mean, did I accidentally make you skip the like the, ep, the thing that he wrote? Before, like, because I, I said epitaph. Oh, no. No, I uh, I was just saying... He, he wrote this thing like about how it was, it was basically like... He was killing himself because of uh, George W. Bush. Oh, okay. He reelected and okay. also... Also, the football season. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, for, yeah. That was part of it? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's why I said it was two weeks after the Super Bowl. <laughs> True. I was like, damn, I, I kind of get that. Like, like one week, you're like, oh, like, remember that, that sporting event was so crazy? And then, like, the next week, you're like, when is that shit coming back? And you're like, oh, it's not for eight months. Damn. Like, fuck. Yeah. Like, that was the only thing that was that was really keeping me day to day. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's a, good, that's a good funeral, I think. Oh, yeah. Damn. No. Inside, yeah, yeah, like solid way to go. Yeah, he um, and I thought my idea for dying was was a fun one, just <laughs> like my my ashes being used as like the glue and sparkles projects for like little kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just put it on like a, you put it on uh, what is it called like a. Like graham crackers and Nutella and then like some <laughs> weed, you know, yeah, a firecracker, a firecracker, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the end of Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about him? Um, yeah, uh, I had a couple quotes. I, uh, I was just, so Ralph Steadman was like his, one of his longtime friends. Um, he illustrated Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which it, again, if you haven't read this book, like 
definitely just get it for the illustrations. Like, <laughs> this shit is wild. Like, uh... Okay. The Even the first one right up front. Yeah, look at... Oh, no, yeah. So my favorite is the... Ac- this is the title page I'm showing him, but... My favorite is the actual, like, first uh, picture in it. Mm-hmm. I'll upload some of these pictures, too, so you can see. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> it's got, just like a guy like hitchhiking, but it's like he's got a Mickey Mouse shirt on, it, and it's like it's like a creepier shell Silver, Silverstein. Yeah, drawing, for yeah. sure. Huh. Yeah, and yeah, the Mickey Mouse has like a a swastika on it. But, <laughs> yeah, so but uh, so Ralph Steadman said that in the eighties, um, uh, Hunter told him that he'd feel trapped if not for suicide, like if not having that out. Oh. And so, so like, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like 20 years later, like, he, he fulfilled that for he sure. He wasn't trapped. <laughs> no, not. not quite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's about it. That's about it, man. Well, I mean, that we covered the birth and death of Oh, yeah, the birth nation. and <laughs> the yeah. paranoia, everything. Yeah, <laughs> civilization. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I, I, I would just highly recommend checking out any of his stuff. Like, even, yeah. it, again, like, the, uh, the shorter pieces are, are probably the best. You could see if you, like, like his style. Yeah, definitely, you know? yeah. And, I, I mean, even Fear and Loathing, like, I haven't read the book, but now I want to read it, yeah. just based yeah, off of, yeah. like, the revolutionary the whole thing, the yeah, history though. behind it, yeah. kind of, so, yeah, dude, I mean, I'm, again, I, I do want to ask for forgiveness for not asking you how you were at the beginning, to uh, start it off, <laughs> and I should have just said that we we're also in a van uh, right yeah. now, like, I definitely need to stretch out after sitting here for uh, an hour and seven minutes. Yeah, we're in the back of, of your van, and it's, <laughs> it's spacey for sure, like, it wouldn't be a bad like a uh, bad place to sleep, but <laughs> to record a podcast, it's a it's a little cramped. With two somehow. people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the best, not the best. No, nah, we made it though. I I've also heard it's like great recording like quality. So <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have said that. Though. <laughs> it turns out to be shite. The back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. It'll probably be all right. But uh, yeah, I mean, also like I feel like we all know how each other's doing now like uh, under quarantine like oh yeah you know like everyone's shit everyone's shit yeah <laughs> how are you doing oh shit oh cool me too so hunter has stops like. yeah. <laughs> all right man well i'm gonna end her here thanks Sounds for good. doing all that research for sure, dude. thanks for inviting me <laughs>